Y'all are too much. Hey, uh, let's get started. Let's pray. If you hold your Bibles up real high, <clears throat> hold up your Bibles with me. Hold them up real high over here, left side. If you got, if you got a pamphlet, we'll, uh, that'll work. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And in Jesus Christ, his only begotten Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. On the third day, he rose again. He descended into death. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. And right now sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost. God's holy church. The communion of saints. Forgiveness of sins. The resurrection of the body. And the life everlasting. Amen. Hey, um, let me give you a thought before I preach a short sermon. As um, all of you know, I shouldn't say all of you, as most of you know, uh, my kids and I have been through the hardest moment of our entire life, right? And so, um, so many of you have prayed for us and texted us and checked on us and hugged us and... Um, the night of the visitation, um, there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people there, and you guys came through and cried with us and loved us, and um, I just want you to know that that was very meaningful to me, and, it's, and it was to the kids. It was to Addison and Carson and Braden. Um, there are, I've had a lot of feelings um, just in the last month, obviously, but I want you to know this. Um, there's a, there is a, there's a place that I put all of my faith and it's, and it's not, um, it's not on what God does. It's on who God is. And, um, my faith is that Jesus is good and Jesus is good, which means God is good. And we go through extremely difficult times in our lives, and all of you are going to go through something difficult. Like, like you don't, Jesus told us that. He said, you're going you're to go through some tough things. And my, my, um, my encouragement to you is this. You've got to place your faith in something. And you can place it in, in God's actions. And what's going to happen is, is God doesn't follow this, this um he doesn't follow this template of this is who God is supposed to be and this is what God is supposed to do. He doesn't follow it very well at all because I think God should heal everybody and he doesn't. And I think that God should make everyone live without pain and he doesn't. And I think that God should allow, uh, should, shouldn't allow natural disasters and he does. And there's all of this brokenness and all of this um, suffering and all of this pain in our world and at some point, it, it, it intersects with your life. 
And then we say, well, then who the heck are you, God? If you can't, if you can't do this, then are you really God? And I just want you to know that I decided several years ago that my faith wasn't going to be put in what God can do. It was going to be put in who God is. And God is good. And, and what that means is, is that when bad things happen, God is still good. And when good things happen, God is still good. And God's character doesn't rest on what I believe he should do or shouldn't do. Because he, he, he has a bigger understanding um, than I do. And uh, so that's where, that's where I've lived for the last seven years and, and, and had to live it out pretty strong for the last year especially. And then this last month has sucked like bad. And so um, thank you guys for um, your kindness and your graciousness to, uh, to our family. You guys are you guys have um, you guys have done some really cool stuff for us, and so so thank you. And so that's where I am, and um, I will tell you this: a lot of the things that I normally do in my life is very hard. Right now, you know, when you go through something hard, just things are just it just it just feels hard. Being around you has never been hard one time. It's just it just hasn't. Hanging out with you guys is the is is still easy to me. And I think that that speaks a lot to who you are. And, um, and, and, I, and I still love to be, the first thing I ever did, I, di- I didn't go to church on Sunday mornings um, for a little while, but I hung out with, with you guys before I did anything else because I think that you are the safest and the best place for me to be, and I like being with you. So um, I like you guys. And uh, I've now, uh, by the way, uh, Monday for me, so in about five days, is my anniversary here at the church. I will have been here for 14 years, which is kind of cool. So just 14 years, which is older than um, many of you in this room. Uh, Carson and Braden were born here. Addison was only four months old when we got here. And so um, so that's where we are. All right, enough of that. I love you guys. So let me, let me um, I know you do, and I appreciate it. I, I, um, I just want to share a couple thoughts tonight. And uh, I'd like to I'd like to preach short. The problem is, is sometimes when I plan, plan to preach short, it goes a little longer. So we'll see what happens. But I'm going to go to Taco Bell in a little while in Helena, um, surprise. And uh, I'd love for all of you to hang out with me there. Um, if I'm there, I think that you should be too. So um, if you look in your Bibles with me in Matthew chapter seven, <coughs> or you can look on your notes. I'm reading now the Message Bible, and many of you don't have the Message Bible, so you might just want to look on your notes because this particular verse is a little bit different. It's translated a little bit differently, so uh, I want to look at this. It's Jesus speaking. He's in, the, he's in the middle of this long sermon, and in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, he says this, knowing the correct password and saying master, master, for instance, uh, for us it would be like saying, dear Jesus. Dear Jesus, so just knowing, this, just knowing the correct password, saying master, master, for instance, isn't going to get you anywhere with me. What is required is serious obedience. It's doing what my Father wills. I can see it now at the final judgment, thousands strutting up to me and saying, Master, we preach the message. We bash the demons and our God-sponsored projects had everyone talking. And do you know what I'm going to say? You missed the boat. 
All you did was use me to make yourselves important. You you don't impress me one bit. You're out of here. So um, I had a, um, when I was in uh, seventh grade, I I was in this science class. And I I just, I'm not going to say that I ever grew out of this, but I just was extremely mischievous in this science class. Um, My teacher, he had a, um, he had a uh, fish tank, and I remember one day um, I was looking at the I was looking at my friend, and I said, "Watch this!" And I and I and I grabbed this pencil eraser and I threw it in the fish tank because I was hoping that the fish would eat the eraser, and I just thought it would be funny to watch it happen. And and something happened in that one moment that I realized. I wonder how many things I can get into the fish tank. And so I just began to go around the room and just get stuff. And I threw all kinds of stuff into the fish tank. I got pencils and I got erasers and I got, for some reason we had all of these dried butter beans and I filled up the whole bottom of the fish tank with dried butter beans. And it made the water all cloudy, like you couldn't even see the fish anymore. And I just kept loading up the aquarium with just crap, just tons of crap. And the next day, um, the, at the end of the day, I was told that the teacher was on the lookout for me. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to be suspended. And, and I grew up in, in, a, in, in a way where when you got suspended, um, that wasn't enough punishment from your parents. Like, they didn't think that was enough. So I knew that if I got suspended, I was going to be killed. So, so what I did was, is I, it was a Thursday. I decided that I was going to be sick the next day. Has anyone ever decided that you were going to be sick? Okay, just wondering if it was just me. I decided I was going to be sick. And my parents were always cool because I, I just didn't get sick that often. So if I told them I wasn't feeling well, then and I didn't lie because I was not feeling well. My stomach was hurting so bad. I was like, if I go to school, then I'm going to get in trouble, and then I'm going to be killed because I'm going to come home suspended. And I just skipped that day. And luckily, it was a Friday. By the time I went back to school on Monday, kind of everything had, had uh, uh, I, and I didn't get in a lot of trouble. She did talk to me a little bit, but I didn't get in a lot of trouble. So it came time for me to leave that year, and I was moving away in the middle of the year. And my teacher came up to me, and she had always been a, um, she had always been just just a nice teacher. She 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 was kind. She was nice. She was a little bit strict, and she came up to me and she said, as I was leaving, the day I was leaving, she came up to me. She she pulled me out in the hall, and um, I'm sorry, he pulled me out in the hall. I keep saying she. He pulled me out in the hall, and he said to me. Hey, I need to talk to you for a second. I said, all right, what? He pulled me out in the hall, and he said, I'm going to tell you right now that if you don't get your together, <laughs> that life is going to be hard for you. He said, if you don't get your, your bad word together, okay, Mary Catherine, <laughs> fill in the blank. And, what, and I remember thinking, what did he just say? He just said, what? What is he talking about? When we see these sayings of Jesus that we've looked at over the last two months, I want you to understand how jarring they are for the listeners. What Jesus says to this group is he says this, you think that you, you, think that you know me just because you do things for me. He says, at the last day, when it comes to this final judgment, you're going to come up to me and you're going to say, Jesus, Did you see all that cool stuff that we did for you? We preached 
in your name. We did miracles in your name. We cast out demons in your name. And Jesus says, I'm going to look at you and I'm going to say, get away from me. I don't even know who you are. Let me give you two, two quick points. The first one is this. The first point is this. Doing for Jesus and being known by Jesus are two very different things. What we do and we say in Jesus' name and being known actually by Jesus are two very important things. They're very different. There have been all types of atrocities, all types of terrible things that have happened for, for now almost 2,000 years in the name of Jesus. People that think that they're doing something for Jesus when in fact all they're doing is doing what they want and blaming it on Jesus. You guys know this. I don't have to, I don't have to go through the, through the litany of things that people have done in Jesus' name and called it Christianity, but I can tell you this. Hitler said he was a Christian and followed Jesus and he was doing the will of Christ. Slavery, slave owners... All you got to do is look back at the records and see how the, they how that they were able to use Jesus and use Jesus's words in order to um, affirm the decisions that they had made to make people lesser than. So doing things in Jesus's name, saying that you're doing something for Jesus, the way that we treat people and we say that it's because I'm a Christian. I remember being younger when I was in. Um, kind of middle school and high school, and, and having this, this feeling of who are the people that I can be friends with and who are the people I can't be friends with. I remember drawing a line sometimes in my head. Well, I can't be friends with them because they're, 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 they're sorry people. They're lousy. They're sinners. They're gross. They do bad things. And, and, it's, and, and I thought, well, how in, you know, you're looking back at it, how, you go, how in the world do we draw these lines? And the truth is, is what we do often is we determine who we want to like and what we want to do, and then we just stamp it with Jesus' name. And what Jesus is saying to us is, you don't get the right to do that. You don't get to determine what you do in my name. Because what you do for me is very different than if you know me. Over the last several years, I've had a lot of people say a lot of things to me in regards to um, some of the things that I was going through. And people have said some really dumb things. People said just some dumb stuff. I had one person uh, say this, um, and this is ridiculous, but um, there are things that you take, there are some things that is, is appropriate to say to somebody when they're going through painful things, and there are some things that are not appropriate to say to people when they're going through painful things. And so uh, I had this guy tell me this one time. He said, um, hey, uh, I know that uh, Tiffany is, is, uh, got this disease. So Tiffany had a disease that was called Huntington's and it was this brain disease. It was neurodegenerative, which meant that it, it ate her brain and, and, and just degenerated her brain. And he said to me, Hey, um, have you looked into coconut oil? Okay. L- let me, let me make sure that everybody's on the same page with me of what coconut oil is. It's just lotion. And so he said, hey, have you checked out, are you closing that because you're afraid there are people in the, in the foyer that are listening to, to me and you don't want them to know what I'm saying? I can say whatever I want now, the door's closed. Um, so he said to me, hey, have you checked into coconut oil? Um, and I said, uh, f- for what? She doesn't have a skin rash. 
And he said, um, no, 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 I, coconut oil has this medicinal property, and, and I've read that it, um, it can cure all kinds of things. Um, I, bet it would, I bet it would cure Huntington's. And I said, no, we're not going to try coconut oil. And he said, and he said, fine then, if you don't want her to be healed. And I, and I, okay, so there are some appropriate things to say, and then there are some inappropriate things to say, right? So, um, pretty crazy, right? I haven't had to, but now here's what I want you to know. Here's, here's the point that I want to make, though. There are things that when someone is going through pain and suffering, here's what I, here's what I determined, here's what I decided at the very beginning, that everybody means well. I just decided everybody means well. People are going to say some stupid things, but everybody means well. But here's what I did. Here's what I discovered. There were a few people that were in my life that I, that I invited into my life. And by that, I don't mean that I said, I, I don't mean that I went up to them and I said, I give you permission to say anything you want to to me. I think I just invited them into my life in my own heart. Like I just, I just said, hey, you, in, my, in my head, I thought, that person loves me deeply. And no matter what that person said to me, I would have received it well. And that person could have said, that person could have said anything. Um, that person could have said something good. They could have said something bad. They could have said something nice. They could have said something inappropriate. But because I knew that they loved me deeply and their motive toward me and their intention toward me was care and concern and grace, that no matter what they said, I would have taken it the right way. I've heard people say one thing and I went, golly, you're an idiot. And then I've heard somebody else say the exact same thing to me and I say, man, I appreciate you, you thinking about me. And it had to do with, the only difference was, I knew this person loved me and I didn't know anything about this person. And I think what Jesus is saying is, you're going to do a lot of stuff. And whether or not you give me credit for it doesn't matter to me. The question is, do you know me? Are we in this thing together? To do something for Jesus is not the deal. To be known by Jesus is the deal. So you guys have heard me say this before, and I've said it a bunch lately. But praying a prayer and asking Jesus into your heart is not the deal. That's not the deal. Following Jesus with your life on a daily basis is the deal. There's so many people that pray the prayer. My guess is every person in this room has prayed the prayer. Jesus, will you come into my heart? I also believe that not every person in this room is a Christian. I believe everybody's prayed the prayer. I'm almost positive. I'm just looking around the room. I'm, I'm, look, we live in the South. You've been given so many chances to pray the prayer, right? We all get to pray the prayer. But that's not, praying the prayer doesn't make you a Christian. Following Jesus makes you a Christian. Choosing to say, Jesus, I'm going to live my life the way that you want me to live my life. And when I mess up, I'm going to accept your grace to help me be restored and to continue living that life. That's what being a Christian is. Christian doesn't mean anything except following Jesus. It doesn't mean praying a prayer. And what Jesus is saying is to these guys, they said, hey, we did this in your name. We healed people in your name and we cast out demons in your name. And Jesus says, yeah, 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 but I don't even know who you are. What he's saying is, what, what he's, what, today what that would be is, but Jesus, I came down front and prayed the prayer and asked you in my heart. And Jesus says, yeah, but I don't know who you are. 
because you never pointed your life in my direction and followed me. You never said, how, do you, how does Jesus push against you and bring this conflict and tension up with your behavior and your thoughts and your actions that change the course of who, what you're doing? If you don't look at the life of Jesus and compare it to your own life and see that there is a, that there is a dissonance, then you're not following Jesus. You have to compare your life with Jesus. That's who you compare your life. Don't compare your life to mine. Don't compare your life to your friend. Don't say, you know what? I might not be the best Christian, but I'm better than Bobby. Crap, look at Bobby. Bobby goes to church and then goes and smokes weed on the weekend. I don't do that. And what I'm saying is, that's not, none of that's the deal. The deal is when you choose to say, I'm going to follow Jesus. And I'm going to choose to hold my life up next to his life. And when it doesn't look right, when it doesn't look like Jesus, I've got to make some changes. And often, I, I look at my life and I go read Matthew 5, 6, and 7 and I go, man, I got a long ways to go. Here's some places I need to address. Doing for Jesus and being known by Jesus are two very different things. Praying a prayer that Jesus comes in your heart and changing the course of your life in such a way that you say, I'm not going to do those things anymore. I'm going to follow Jesus are two very different things. The second point is this. Serious obedience is about your motive. Just a quick thought here. So he says, Jesus says here, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, knowing the correct password, saying, Master, Master, pray in the prayer, for instance, isn't going to get you anywhere with me. What is required is serious obedience. I think this is what Jesus means. Serious obedience is about your motive. Why are you doing what you're doing? There are plenty of times that you and I can do the right thing and we can begrudgingly do it. I, I, I lived, um, when I was growing up, scared to do the wrong thing. I was so, I'm telling you, I'm telling you I was terrified to, to screw around and do stupid things because I knew that if I did the wrong thing, Jesus was going to tell my dad and I was going to get found out. Like I knew it. I knew it. I'm telling you, Jesus told my dad all kinds of stuff. And I was like, Crap, I told, my par I told my kids one time um, recently. Actually, I told one of them in the last week. I'm not going to tell you who it is. Um, but I told one of my kids the other day, I said, you're in trouble because I pray. And I ask Jesus to show me stupid things that you're doing. And I'm sorry. Sucks for you. But Jesus answers my prayers sometimes. And that was what I was so scared of. I was scared if I do this dumb, if I do dumb things, Jesus is going to tell my dad and he's going to find out. And it happened all of the time. I've told you guys a half a dozen stories about how it happened. Jesus would just tell my dad. And he'd come to me and he'd say, hey, I was praying for you. And I would go, dang it, stop praying for me. I was praying for you and this is, what, this is, this is what's going on in your life. And I'd be like, crap. 
Dad, Dad, leave me. So I was, so my motive when I was growing up a lot of the times to not do the wrong thing or, or rather to do the right thing was because I was scared if I didn't, I would be punished. And what serious obedience is not about the fear of punishment. Serious obedience is about the desire to love Jesus. And it's very different. And what I'm telling you is Jesus isn't this person that says, look, I want you to live a life filled with with all of these um, rules and regulations. And I want you to live a life that I don't don't want you to have fun. I just want you to, to be stuck in this box. And I just want you to know the life that Jesus desires for you is your best life. And it's not because Jesus is saying, it's not because Jesus is saying, uh, I don't want you to appreciate the human body and to enjoy pleasure. That's not what Jesus is saying. He's saying this, when you screw around, it causes baggage in your life. You go into these relationships and you wonder, am I as good as that other guy was? And Jesus says, I don't want you, it's not that, we have this society where we believe that, um, If somebody does something bad to us, then we need to do something bad to them. And we have all of these movies that we celebrate that are simply revenge movies. Remember the movie Taken, how much we love the movie Taken? Taken is antichrist. Taken is antichrist. Taken says this, you took my daughter, I'm going to kill all of you. There's nothing nothing Jesus-like in that. Now, Jesus goes and rescues her, but he didn't kill everybody. That's not Jesus. And we celebrate it, and we love it. One of my favorite movies is Gladiator, and all it is is a revenge movie. Another one of my favorite movies is The Count of Monte Cristo. All it is is a revenge movie. Listen to you. Listen to what we've celebrated now. Now, I want you to, look, I'm just going to tell you. Tell me in the life of Jesus where we see him ever seek revenge on anyone. He doesn't. He hangs on a cross, and he's been nailed there. He's been beaten. He's had his his beard ripped out. He's had his crown of thorns shoved onto his face, and he says, Father, I'm begging you, please forgive them. He doesn't say, Father, strike them down. In fact, the Bible tells us specifically that he had the power to do that if he wanted to. He had the power to say, these people messed up big time. Kill them all. And he does the exact opposite. And so what serious obedience is this idea that we don't live like the world but we, and, and with this fear of punishment, but instead we choose to live a life that says, I want to live like Jesus because I love him and he loves me. I don't want my kids to follow my rules because they are scared that I'm going to punish them. I want my kids to live, to, to, to act out my rules because they believe that the only reason that I made the rule in the first place was because I loved them so deeply and I, was, and I, and I wanted them to succeed and to, and to have their best life. There's a reason. There's a reason, and I, I, I'm sure I embarrass them when I tell you all this, but there's a reason that I monitor that I didn't allow Addison to have an Instagram account until this year. There's a reason that I did that. Because, because at some point, it hurts me. to it, it rips out my heart that so many of you girls in here have had guys ask you to send them nudes. 
it just rips my guts out. And so I've just decided we're just not gonna, we're not gonna do that right now. So does it suck that they don't get to have an Instagram? Yes. But the rule is not, I don't want you to have an Instagram because I don't want you to have fun. The rule is, I, want, I don't want you to have social media because this is your world. Let's get, let's get to know who these people are. Let's love people here. And let me protect you from some idiots. And there's a lot of them out here today. There's just a lot of idiots. So, I don't want my kids to not do the things I don't want them to do because they're scared I'm going to punish them. I want them to not do the things I don't want them to do because they believe that what I've asked them to do and to not do is because I love them deeply. And Jesus says serious obedience is don't do the things I don't want you to do or do the things I want you to do because you're scared I'm going to, I'm going to do something bad to you. I'm going to cause a sickness in your life or I'm going to rain some kind of wrath down upon you or I'm going to judge you. Do what I've asked you to do because you actually believe that my design for your life is best when it's lived this way. And that's what serious obedience is. Serious obedience is the, is the absolute belief that God has a wonderful plan for your life and it's good. That's what serious obedience is. And Jesus says to us, there are going to be some people that show up on the final judgment day. And they're going to say, look at all this stuff that we did in your name. And Jesus is going to say, I don't care what you did for me. You didn't even know me. Tonight, I want to pray for you. And, uh, and then in a few minutes, I'm going to go to Taco Bell, and I'd love to hang out with you at, at uh, Helena. I have to tell Google Helena when I'm, doing, when I'm searching for something because it doesn't understand Helena. I want to pray for you tonight. Real simple. I'm going to ask my uh, small group leaders to come down front. I love when you guys pray with your small group leaders. Some of you guys are going through some tough stuff right now. And uh, I just want to ask you two things. The first one is this. If you're going through something really hard tonight and it's just weighing heavy on you, um, we want to pray for you. And if you'll just lift your hand and say, Pastor Jeremy, I'm going through something really hard tonight. I want to pray for you. If you'll just lift your hand. All over the room, yeah. Anybody else? Yeah, I see you. The second one is this, and uh, it's pretty specific. But you would say, Pastor Jeremy, I prayed the prayer, but I don't, I don't try to know Jesus or live like Jesus. I, I, I want to I know Jesus. I don't want to just pray the prayer. If that's you tonight, will you raise your hand? We want to pray with you tonight, and, uh, and I want to I help you. If you'll stand with me to, uh, tonight, Daniel's going to put on something... Um, some music as Amber says that makes us sound holier than we are and uh, I'm going to start praying and as I pray I'm just going to ask that you um, if you lifted your hand you'll come down and pray with one of these guys or gals Um, pray with your small group leader if they're praying with somebody pray with anybody else and we got some great leaders down here that that love you and want to help you to become more like Jesus So as I pray, if you'll come down, Jesus, I'm so grateful for the opportunity I get to stand in front of young people. Go ahead and begin to come if you lifted your hand, okay? God, I'm grateful that um, for teenagers that are are, um, doing what they can to become like you, they go through some extremely difficult things, some hard stuff. And tonight, will you you, um, alleviate 
whether you take some of those things away or you just show them that you're there to help bear the burden. Will you do that tonight? Amen. Hey, I'd love to pray with you tonight.